da 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 You sound insane. You realize that? Yeah. The whole world got crazy. Showtime. Brian Gill, what are we talking about this evening? This week, gentlemen, we are talking about Sylvester Stallone and Michael B. Jordan Creed. Thank you to the people who have been listening to our Star Wars marathon, which is still going. Mm-hmm. Yes. We still haven't okay. stopped recording. We're actually recording it right now as we're doing this podcast. <laughs> still it's incredible. It's, it's, it's technology is incredible. Yeah, yeah. it's really, mm-hmm. really cool. But thank you to those, and those will continue to come out uh, over the next couple of weeks until the new one comes out, and then we'll talk about it all over again, <laughs> and then probably some more. So while we're doing times. thank yous, while we're doing thank yous, Kent, I want to thank our dear listener Jenna Geiger for her donation this week. Uh, we really appreciate that helping keep the show going. If you want to contribute and help us, uh, you know, keep this thing going, do a do seventeen podcasts a week instead of. Uh, Instead of one or, or six or 12 or whatever we did last week, you can uh, find that donate button on our website, madaboutmoviespodcast.com, and we would greatly, greatly appreciate your sponsorship. Yes! Rumors and rumbling. That's awesome! Let the filibustering begin. We got a lot of movie news to talk, though, this week. We haven't talked in a few weeks, and we do have to talk American Treasures because we haven't yeah. done that in probably eight months. <laughs> right. We're supposed yeah. to do it every month. So yeah, we skipped I think it, it last was month. The- yeah. George W. administration last time we did it. Pretty sure. <laughs> I think so. And uh, you actually stole my American Treasure nominee. I was going to nominate George W., but I guess not. Kind of That's really... cool, because I have Cheney, so okay. we're good. Um, what do we got, though, Brian? I think we have a little bit of maybe awards kind of talk going on out there already. Yeah, there's a little award nonsense out there. National Border of Review, I think put out their list uh, over the last couple of days. Anybody anybody see this? Anybody have a guess on what one movie of the year? Okay, I'm going to guess because it's just now coming out. I'm going to guess the what's that Sandler movie on Netflix, The Despicable 8? <laughs> Something like that. Ridiculous 6. Ridiculous 8. Six. The Ridiculous 6 did that win? It did not cuz but that's next year. So okay. it'll be Okay, that's that it, next it, it'll have next its year. time. I'm going to guess Gem and the Holograms. <laughs> the robot did win several awards, so that's that's good. What about that's the robot good. in Chappie? Did it beat it? Did it beat it for best robot? Uh it was a it was a tight Who race. Who best robot, Brian? <laughs> BB-8. Yeah, there we go. Uh yeah, so anybody any guess Kent on the uh, best movie? Best film? I saw who I won, say. so it's not okay. fair for me to say. I wanted Richard's real guess, though. Um, I don't want to give away my top, like, you know, because we're going to sure. do those at the end of the year. Right. But I would think it would be Spotlight versus The Revenant versus Steve Jobs, maybe, versus <sighs> Chappie. What was it? <laughs> the winner was Mad Max Fury Road. So Really? Obviously. Yeah. I mean, obviously. Yeah, right. man, it's I an mean, interesting. That. Uh, that's mean, a great, interesting choice. Interesting choice. Yeah, um, that's I mean, a really good movie that I don't give any craps about. Yeah, I don't, I just don't get it. I don't get it. But I recognize that Richard and I are like on an island by ourselves. Yeah, so Everybody let's just else. hang out on our island and watch uh, Spotlight. You in? Yeah, totally. Okay, yeah. cool. All right, then we'll we can rewatch the. Island. I have DVD copies of the Mavs 2011 championship. Run. Okay, cool. Just if you would like to hang out on the island with Brian and I and watch Spotlight <laughs> in the 2011 
uh, Dallas Mavericks Championship Run, just email the show at madaboutmoviespodcast at gmail.com, and we would love to hang out with you. Small donation, plus you have to fly us to this island, and we'll be good to go. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, Mad Max Fury Road. Film of the year from the National Board of wow, Review. Interesting. I mean, obviously. That, I mean, obviously. what do you true. think about that, Kent? Because you're I you're mean, the resident fan on this yeah. on this year podcast. Yeah, I mean, obviously. <laughs> okay, all right. So you know, like obviously they would pick Mad Max because <laughs> it's odd, uh, isn't it? Is I think it's an odd choice. It's like, still my number one as of okay. as of today. Okay, uh, that right. is probably going to change over the next month and a half, but sure. um, probably change drastically over the next week, maybe even. So we'll see. Yeah, but I'm sorry, um, did you I, not watch the I think episode it's the best movie week? of the year so far. <laughs> did you okay. not watch the movie for this week? I did. Interesting. I feel it like is. Mad Max is some sort of inside joke, like where you know when you like walk into a group <laughs> no, of people no. and they're no, I'm not, I don't, I'm not trying to disparage it. I'm just saying I feel like you know when you walk into a group of people and they're kind of laughing about something and you just have to kind of <laughs> yeah, yeah uh like that's how i feel. i just don't i think it was a fine film it's an b plus a minus kind of movie i just this is a really good year for movies and that's film of the i just don't it's i i just don't understand it and that's that's my loss it is your loss i'm glad you could acknowledge that <laughs> to the masses I'm I mean, it's definitely you. the I'm... first movie to win movie of the year that involved some dude playing a flaming guitar <laughs> of a dune buggy. Like, and not the last. I guess you didn't see Shakespeare in Love, but whatever. <laughs> um, no, it's it's fine. It's a really good movie that I don't care about, yes. but at all. But if it went like, but the important thing about this stupid little award that gives it to Mad Max is that. That means Mad Max is a player probably in the Academy Award race. Yeah. That means this has been remembered for six months because that movie came out in what? May or June? Yeah. Yeah. May. Yeah. End of May. May. So that's six months ago. And that's still being thought of. And so that means that this thing is definitely a player. And I wouldn't be surprised if it gets Academy Award nomination uh, here in about a month or or two uh, for that because we have 10 nominations. Why not give them the Mad Max? Which I'm fine with it being nominated. Like I think it's an awesome movie that I don't care about, but I think it's an awesome movie. But I would be pretty ticked off if it won. But I think this is a fine award for it to win. I, I'm cool with it. Sure. I have no so, no ill will. I'm looking back at uh, National Board of Review over the years. So mm-hmm. 2000 last year, their yeah, winner. It's not a good. It's not a good. Yeah, uh, it's got a weird. Record. They've got a weird track record because they, they got her and they picked a most violent year one year, didn't they? Yeah, most violent. A most violent year was the winner last year. Her was the 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 winner the year before. Dude, I'm fine with that. I yeah, her is great. You. Yeah, her. Cool. Her is the best movie uh-huh. the last five years. Eh, yeah, I mean it's a B B to B plus kind of movie. I just feel like uh, like I'm in, outside of a group and like I'm walking in and they're like <laughs> laughing about something and like I don't really get it, but I'm kind of standing fine. there going. That's fair. Uh, that's fair. But her will be remembered much more than Mad Max because Mad Max. Oh, already I doubt that. People. Oh, that that's a statement. People that's, already know Mad Max. I don't know. That's I, this this award anyway. National Board of Review has a has an interesting history. Zero Dark they, Thirty. That's a great. Film. Yeah, Zero Social Dark Thirty. Network, Social Show. Network. Um, it's it's interesting. They've they've gotten some things very right, and then I'm not saying this is wrong. I'm just saying it's it was unexpected. You can basically, we can all agree. Letters from Iwo Jima was the best film in 2006, <laughs> right? I forgot that that was a movie. So you can that's, say it's about an 80 percent chance that it'll get a Best Picture nomination. Based on the border yes, review, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Told, that's, because that's fair. 
I mean, most violent year didn't get a nomination. Yeah. IndieWire right now has Mad Max on the outside looking in. Has it as the number 17 movie of the year. Yeah, I don't think I had it on my list, maybe for Best Picture. Maybe I had it outside honorable mentions as well. But Yeah, I kind of think we... I'm already, I've already missed up. on a few of those that I can tell yeah. aren't going to be in the, yeah. in the running. There's a lot of little, which is fine, totally great. There's a lot of small, independent, uh, you know, one week release kind of films that are gonna that are gonna crack the. Uh, you know, the best a lot of people talk time. about Almost Famous or Memento or Gladiator or Requiem for a Dream or Traffic or um, you know, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon or Snatch or American Psycho or Castaway. But I think we can all agree Quills was the best film of 2000. Oh, gosh. That's that's one they'd probably like to have back. World Brother, Where Art Thou? Or, um, you know, a lot. High Fidelity, Wonder Boys, Aaron Brockovich, mm-hmm. Best in Show, X-Men. But I think Quills, <laughs> best film of 2000. We all agree on that, right? That's, yes. that's a tough one. That's a tough one. We'd probably like to have that one We back. can all yeah. talk about Dancer in the Dark, Nurse Betty, What Women Want, Boiler Room, Girl, Fruit, Girl <laughs> Fight, The Road to El Dorado, or Chocolat, Battle Royale, Billy Elliot, Yee Yee, Sexy Bees. Loves. But I think we can all agree that Quills, best film of 2000. <laughs> Man, y'all listen you to this talk list. Alec or the beach or what lies beneath or you can count on me. <laughs> Eat myself and Irene. Scary movie. Unbreakable. Chicken Run. Space Cowboys or the Emperor's New Groove. But I think we can all agree. Quills. Quills. Yeah. Best film of 2000, right? Yeah. Okay. I mean, of those you've named, yeah. Scary movie was my vote that year, but uh, you know. I thought so. <laughs> I went with Chicken Run, but okay. <laughs> holds up. Chicken Run, oh, holds strong, up. So strong. strong. Mel Gibson's best film. <laughs> Easily. Oh. Second best film where he uh, plays an animal. <laughs> the Beaver, number one. The other one being Real Chicken Life? Run. Oh, okay. Oh. Real, yeah. That's right. The Beaver, too. Oh, man. Remember when the Beaver... I, <laughs> The Beaver was supposed to be a legitimate comeback film for Mel. Yeah, and Jodie Foster as well. That was her directorial. My question would be, why? Well, you know, look. (laughs) Look, you can't, okay, you can't argue this, okay? That was the best best film of the decade featuring a puppet beaver. So, like, I I can't argue that. You can't argue it. No, you nailed it. Okay, got it. They're like, I just wanted an Oscar (laughs) or two. So, should have just had me run the campaign. What else we got here? Uh, any kind of Star Wars news, anything like that? They're doing the, they're doing the press rounds, so that's kind of nice. Yeah, so they've yeah. Been, they've been it's about to out there, about to take off big time. Like every uh, young male actor in Hollywood has been in the run is is auditioning, I guess, or sending in tape for the Han Solo uh, prequel biopic. It is up. really fun biopic. to watch. <laughs> People try to interview John Boyega on the press. Yeah, call. yeah. Because they're like, so you exist? Yeah. Yeah, no, that's great. Awesome. Um, there's just nothing to like fall back on in yeah. previous work. I've seen John Boyega on like four shows this week, and it's super uncomfortable every time. Because right. all they can talk to him about, his one talking point, is people being upset because of his race and being right. 
Stormtrooper, yeah. which is the most idiotic, stupid <laughs> controversy of all time. Yeah. And they have nothing else to talk to him about. And it's the worst interview 10 times out of 10. Yeah. It's not, it's, it's very odd. And, and then, so what was it like to meet Harrison Ford? That kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. yeah, sure. J.J. Abrams is mighty secretive, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I heard uh, Adam Driver uh, on Stern the other day. Interesting person. Definitely interesting person. I'm interested to see his performance in Star Wars. I'm a big Wars. fan of that guy, and yeah. I don't, I don't yeah, watch I girls at all. Like I could not care less. He said about he's never seen the girls. show once. Well, we have something in common. No, I've seen yeah. like two I literally episodes, never seen it. Uh, but I, I quite enjoy him. I think he's very interesting, and uh, I everything that I've seen him in, he's always been like bit parts. But I've always come away like, like I uh, remember this is where we, this is where I leave you, which was uh-huh. such a throwaway movie. That we did an episode on, and he was great. And he's only in it for like ten minutes, but he's really good. Dude, I'm telling you, on Girls, I watched like three seasons of Girls, and he's probably in fifteen to twenty five percent of the screen time on those three seasons. Yeah, and he is freaking captivating. Like, yeah. you have to watch him. He has that weird, that weird talent where you you know you can't take your eyes off of him. He's 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 interesting. So I'm so I'm. The thing I'm most excited about in the new Star Wars is actually Adam Driver. It's not any of the other stuff. And I know I'm in the minority on that, but sure. I think he's going to be awesome. I think he's going to be. I think the what they do with the uh, Imperials is going to yeah. be what I like about the new Star Wars. That's what yeah. I've liked so far about what I've seen. Yeah, the direction very, they're going there. Very with, cool. With uh, Tom Hall Gleason, too, as well. and Yeah. And Phasma and all with, that stuff. Yeah, Gwendolyn Christie. <laughs> Gwendolyn Christie, yeah. So we'll see. But yeah, no, it's been exciting. J.J. Um, Abrams has been out there a lot talking about Star Wars, and mm-hmm. man, I'm 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 so confident it's going to be a good movie. Just, yep, same. I have no indic. There's no been no indication so, that it's. Can I ask you guys a question on Star Wars? Yep, that's what so, we're here for. This is the official podcast of Star <laughs> Wars. So you guys are Star Wars like super duper fans. So on a scale of ten to ten, I would put you guys at like somewhere in the eight to ten ratio. Uh huh. Fair. I am probably in the four to six ratio. Okay. Is is the one to three ratio going to enjoy this film? That's a good question. Uh, because it is going to be quite, it seems like it's it's definitely going to, it obviously has quite a bit to do with the, the previous films. So I think it will because there's going to be so much exposition in this. Yeah, that's or, true. Like, talking about now, the old events. Secondary and, question, follow-up question here. Will that be a detriment through to the four through tens uh, on on the spectrum? Will they be rolling their eyes saying, we know this, why are we wasting time on this? We know this. I think, I think there's just going to be so much excitement to be in the theater, you know, that, that yeah. it's it's very easy, I think, to overlook. So you yeah, think we could have cut five minutes of exposition. on the caution of, explaining too much to the one to threes and just i i think that i think there's because a lot the of movies are gonna buy tickets right they're gonna right. buy tickets. right I, I think a lot of like harry potter did this very well uh i'm trying to think there was a great example of it last year i anyway hunger games to an extent does it very well you have to trust your audience that your audience isn't stupid and that's where i think that's where jj will get that right is Basically, I think he can make a film because I think he showed it with the first Star Trek movie of that's a film that almost all of the hardcore fans could love and appreciate. Mm-hmm. 
and someone who has never seen a Star Trek movie could go in and enjoy and not feel but that's lost. a reboot though. That's not a sequel. Yeah, but so this, this is, is a reboot. This, this is, is sort really of a reboot too. I mean, you see this in, as a reboot. So you guys see this as a reboot and not a sequel. I, think I mean, it's a if there is a spectrum, in, in, if there is a spectrum, hold on, and I'm 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 asking you guys this, and I should have done this on the on the Star Wars podcast. We're going to do it now. If you see this as a hundred percent scale, right, and you can name a percentage for reboot and name a percentage for sequel, where would you put it? So like 60, 40, 50, 50, things like that. Where would you place this? It, go not knowing going in. Yeah, I would put it at probably sixty five percent reboot. And thirty five percent sequel. That's hard, but I think it's because, I think it's a yeah. sequel in almost in name only. So much because like you're not building this. It's thirty two years since the last since the last thing that it's building on. It's not building on the movies that came out the prequels in ninety nine through oh four. So I would say that that Star Wars, excuse me, that Star Trek film was like eighty five fifteen uh, yes. reboot versus sequel and i don't think it's going to be quite to that extent but i would say 75 25 or something in that oh, range really? like so i i think, think it's, it's going to be that high i think it's okay. going to have a lot of it's going to have a lot of uh to do with the mythology of the previous series uh but i i think the storyline i think jj showed with star trek that he can take a beloved entity i guess and Build on it and respect it, but do his own thing. And that's I, I think that's I think that's where we're headed. I think that's what so, we're gonna get. So your ideal person uh, you know, let's just say a person that has no familiarity with Star mm-hmm. Star Trek. I mean Star yeah. Wars, pardon me, gosh. They're a one on the scale, maybe a zero. They go see this and your ideal custom it's so far what you think your ideal person that comes in is leave saying, Oh my gosh, that was awesome. I, I'm gonna go watch the other six movies. I think that's got to be one of that's the, the goal may, of the film, right? Maybe the number one. I think the number one goal is you have to, you have to please the the crazy hardcore fan. Like that's the number one goal. But the number two goal should be. You're right. Like the people that are somewhere between one and eight are the ones that are like maybe that's the group that gets, uh, I don't know, alienated. In some, you know what I mean? Because you're, you're yeah. I think you're shooting so, for the top, the, so the, the far end of the extreme, and everybody eight else eight. in between. You're just saying, so I'm screwed, is what you're saying. <laughs> so you're appealing to Kent, Brian, and you know, like Sarah. I think but the deal is everyone is going to go see this movie, but I don't think Richard. I don't think you're going to go see this movie two times or five times or whatever. And I think J.J. Abrams will be fine with that. I think what he wants is people like me. We're going to go see it four times in the first 24 hours. <laughs> and people like, uh, I don't know. My wife's probably a bad example because she's seen these movies and doesn't have Sarah, anything. Sarah, against... my girlfriend's probably the best example. Okay. So Sarah hasn't seen any of the movies or at least not uh, to the point of like yes, adulthood. Yes, like I care. Totally. So I think the idea would be people like me and Kent are going to go see this a half dozen times over the weekend. And people like Sarah are going to go see this and then think, okay, like that's pretty okay. Let's go watch these. I'm interested in these other films or maybe even more. So I'm really interested in what in May or whatever, when the next that didn't work. Cause when I was in college, um, I went and saw the first star Trek with a group of friends and like a bunch of them were like, I want to go. They bought like the star Trek, um. Yeah, like box set of the first sure, three sure. seasons. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like they were fired up for it. 
yeah. after seeing the Chris Pine, you know, right. bit for the first time. So I, yeah, no, I'm totally on board with that. I'm just curious. I just started thinking about that and like, I was trying to think about who this was marketing to because it's such a huge campaign. Like who is it actually targeting? And yeah. I think I, Brian, I really do. I think you nailed on the head. I think you're, I think you're dead yeah. right. I just think you're going to, you're going to catch it in waves because everybody's going to see this movie and then Christmas is going to come around and everybody's going to go see this movie with their family. And everybody who is not me and Kent, who's like, yeah, you know, whatever, Star Wars, fine. Guys, like, we're in the same month as Star Wars. I know, That's dude. Cool. It's like we're 15 days away. So or close. Like so close. But I've had so many friends who have texted me over the last couple of weeks saying, hey, I, you know, I, I want to watch the Star Wars movies. Can we do that at some point? Like, can we get together and watch Star Wars movies? Because I want to I want to remember what this is all about before, you know, that sort of thing. So I think it will work in reverse as well of the poor girl who gets dragged along to the theater with her date and ends up saying, hey, that was pretty solid. And I'll you know, I'm OK with watching these films later or whatever yeah sure i think there will be a lot of like you said new people that will be attracted to it people that used to love the old films and there will also be people that hate it and won't go see it because they hated star wars and they'll actually like protest against going to see it and there'll be those people yeah. too and the, there'll should, be yeah, a, yeah there'll and, be a holdout group the the people that that still i used to uh i used to write occasionally with a guy who uh was like he hadn't seen Star Richard, you haven't seen Titanic, is that right? Am I remembering yes, that? Yes, correct. Okay, it was the same thing. Like he was like, I've never seen Star Wars, and I never will, you know. And it was, I don't think he hated it. It was just at that he got to a certain point in his life without having seen it, and just thought it was more fun to have a bit of I've never seen yeah. these movies. Which that- my bit, I'm gonna see Star, I'm gonna see Titanic soon because I made the mistake of seeing Avatar, and now I've seen the number. I thought it was cool to have never seen the number one movie of all time. Sure. But yeah. now to not have never to never have seen the number two movie of all time is pretty lame. Right. Yeah. Does that make sense? It's yeah, not as totally. Cool. Yeah. Who cares? So yeah. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna see Titanic soon. And yeah. I made the mistake of seeing Avatar before I knew it would be the number one movie ever, and that sucks. Sure. But I'm gonna see Star Wars and it's gonna be the number one movie ever. Deal sure. with it, Ken. Yeah. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> we'll That's see. That's, yeah. that's all I'm, I gotta say. I think that first weekend first is gonna projections be projections are not indicating it'll be the biggest movie of all yeah, time. Yeah, but Disney but is doing see. everything they can to keep that down. Like I've seen we'll multiple see. reports of Disney being like, No, 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 don't don't say it's gonna be that big because they don't because if it's not, then they don't wanna be like yeah. you know, oh when it wasn't that big of a movie, blah 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 blah. But I think I think it's gonna make a lot of money. And then I the next week it'll be big too, everybody's gonna think... go see it again because it's Christmas. So Yeah. What's going to suck, though, and, and let's talk about this scenario. It's going to suck as if we go see it, and it's like a B plus. It's like Star yeah. Trek was. It's like, wow, that was a cool little refreshing way to do a franchise we used to love, but my mm. life isn't any different. You know, That's what I'm scared about is that it's, I don't know. Yep, well, y'all will have to talk me down if that's the way it is. I'm just letting you know now because this is an A plus, and I haven't even seen it. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> well, you'll have, you'll have seen it before us, so you'll... You'll know. I know. You'll know. It's, you you yeah. you've seen no, I won't. movies. The thing to know is, if it's a good movie. Man, a minute took me like half a year to be like, no, that wasn't very. Well, good. you weren't in a state where you were a literal critic of movies, what? so mm-hmm. I think now you you'll be able to at least say, okay, I liked it, but it wasn't a good movie. Yeah, hey, you were a okay. horned up high you schooler, know? Brian. <laughs> yeah. Should we do some American Treasures, guys? Brian, you want to explain? I guess what this is. Sure. So uh, we have a little Hall of Fame on our, our website, metabamoviespodcast.com. It's called The American Treasures. They are humans 
mostly humans. I don't think there's any robots yet, but, uh, you know, R2-D2 maybe someday. But uh, humans who exhibit the characteristics that we look for, that exhibit uh, American treasure values. They are just generally great, uh, great performers, funny. They have a sense of humor about themselves. That's a very important part. They have been in the industry for 25 years and or they are over the age of 50 um, so we, you know, have a good feel for what their career is really all about. And, uh, we, we go around the table here and we each bring one nominee to said table and we vote on it. A, a two votes carries the, the vote, I guess. Is that, no, that's not right. That's not the right terminology. Two out of three. Two out of three gets them into the hall of fame. Three out of three gets them a special star next to their name. VIP. Someday. VIP status. Yeah. And uh, at the end of the day, that's new, by the way. Just yeah, okay, good deal. If we get three three new members of the American Treasure Wing, uh, they all go into an apartment together for a month that we pay for. So, and we send them all uh, denim vests with American flag lining. It's a very illustrious, awesome award. You really (laughs) want it if you're in Hollywood. I mean, DiCaprio would rather have this than an Oscar. Yeah, it's it's the new Walk of Fame. It's the new Walk of Fame. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, we're very we're very serious about it, and we're finding that the listener is even more serious about it. So that's fun. So we skipped it last month on accident, and uh, now we're here to uh, make up for that. So who is your nominee then, Brian? I guess you could start us off. Sure. So I'm going to bring uh, a a woman because we don't we don't have enough women in the American Treasure Hall of Fame, and B this this person should she get in will have to go to the North American Treasures wing, I believe. So. Uh, this this is a this is a comedian who was a big part of our childhood, I think, in various films. She has worked with some of the best in the industry and I think has the reputation herself as one of the best. What is that breathing? It's probably me. I'm sorry. Okay. She's up, been in uh I'm awake. Okay. She's been in tons and tons of movies, tons of TV shows. She pops up from now and then she was on Modern Family this week, actually. Uh, and every time she shows up, I just, I'm immediately primed to laugh because I just know whatever's coming, she's, she's gonna, she's gonna crack me up. She's one of my favorites. And, uh, so I'm just gonna, just gonna throw out here. So American treasure, North American treasure, Catherine O'Hara. Wow. I knew that's where you were going. She's the best. It's sad that we haven't gotten to her at this point. Yeah. Honestly. We have a lot of SCTV people on. Yeah. John Candy, Martin Short. The entire mm-hmm. cast. We're yep. we're we're getting close. I love Catherine O'Hara. I love her in a variety of Christopher Guest productions. Yeah, I love her in Home Alone. So great. I oh. love her in myriad other productions and films. I think she's the best, and I'm 100 percent behind this, Brian. This is a great addition to the American Treasure Hall of Fame and a great female addition. I'm going to support this 100. percent I vote yes, Kent. It doesn't matter what you vote, but what do you vote? Yes, and awesome. loved her in Orange County too. Not yes, little, oh, totally yeah. underrated. Fun. Underrated we, performance. Yeah. One of these days, we need to do a, uh, I don't know, maybe a whole episode, or maybe we just need to start doing a bit on uh, like a two minute segment on movies that are underappreciated. Because I want to talk about Orange County one of these days. Really? That, I didn't know you were. A I, fan. I love, Orange, love County. Orange County, and the the fan club of Orange County is so very small and I think that's a shame because it's a really funny movie. That's when I, I thought I, I, her I, work in Frank and Weenie was the best. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought Colin Hanks was going to be the biggest actor of all time after seeing yeah. Orange County. 
I was so stoked for Orange County. Jack Black ended up being big, but yeah, 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 not so much. The next movie, like Colin was like his assistant in King Kong or whatever. Like, this (laughs) is not supposed to be how this is working. (laughs) How about freaking Best in Show and Waiting for Government? And uh, what was the last one? The Oscar, uh, Home for Prayer Consideration. Prayer Consideration, yes. Yeah. She's masterful in those films. And so, so dry. Yeah. Yes. And and so committed, which is yeah. what I always ask for comedic actors is to commit a hundred percent, even if it's stupid. And uh she's magnificent. She's yeah. wonderful. She's wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. I, I totally agree. Good job. One of my, I recommend, Brian. Thanks, man. One of my all time favorite scenes in a comedy is is Home Alone when uh <laughs> When John Candy and O'Hare are in the back of the uh, the U-Haul and yeah. he's talking about how he left his kid at a yeah. funeral home. And that's 100% improv. He just came up with it on the spot. And oh, really? Yes. Yeah, totally. That's yeah, a, that's a Get the resilient. This <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a one-take bit. And the fact that she is able to hold it together on that, I, I, just, I think it's just such a brilliant piece of comedy that is... Such we, a throwaway, like, hey, let's just try this and see what happens kind of thing. Way, and it's we so need to do a throwback Home Alone series, one and two. Yeah, I know. I'm saying. Trying because to the comedy in those yeah. films, like, I know the bit, like, people fall down. It's a kid's movie. Yeah, yeah. But the, like, kind of understated, like, super intellectual the comedy. The John Hughes stuff? Yeah. The John Hughes stuff, the right. Second City stuff, like, kind of in the undertone. You know, freaking Tim Curry in Home right. Alone 2. Just bringing it, just bringing it. Home Alone Rob two, Schneider. Home Alone Rob two, vastly Schneider. superior film than Home Alone one. I'll go. I'll debate Schneider. that all day. Whoa! I'll debate it. I'll debate it. I'll debate it. I'll support. I'll debate this, it. Brian. Whoa! Home Alone two. Here, here's a quick review. Home Alone <laughs> one is great because of John Candy and all that. It's great, and it's funny that he makes the bad guys fall down. But Home Alone two is one of the most subversive, dark comedies of all time because everything that. Uh, Kevin McAllister does to the bad guys in that would murder you. He's a murderer. <laughs> in Home Alone 2, Kevin McAllister is a murderer and it's fine. Like, yeah. watch Home Alone 2 sometime. He, like, electrocutes them to death. He, like, burns them on fire. He's in New York City. He's like Lou Reed. He's all coked up and he's got black sunglasses on. Like, <laughs> that's a murderer fantasy, Home Alone 2. Much more than Home Alone which makes it a better film. All right. Well, we'll think about it. Let me ask you this: Is there John Candy? Nope. Okay. Well, American, Home Alone one. North American Treasure. North American Treasure. John Candy. All right. Like that's her. my. All that's right, my. Yeah. That's mine. So Catherine O'Hara, you're in. We'll send you the, the denim vest. Uh, you'll look lovely in it. Look good in it. She'll look magnificent in it. Go ahead, Richard. Are you ready? This person is an incredible singer songwriter. Paul Simon. He's been. <laughs> he's been in at least one comedic film. No, less bongos than Paul Simon. <laughs> Less bongos. Still bongos, though, right? Okay. <laughs> Still some. <laughs> um, and he was the first artist signed to the Beatles' Apple Records. Do you guys know who this is? Art Garfunkel. <laughs> um, no, I don't. I don't even have a com- comedic guess. Is this American Treasure James Taylor? <laughs> Ooh, interesting. <laughs> That's an interesting one because he's a grumpy dude sometimes, but kind of in a great way. He did something on Colbert the other night, I feel like. Some kind of sing-along. What was that about? He's great it and was, funny it was people. very American treasury. If he is great I remember one people. line. Yeah. He had this PBS special a couple years ago, and he, I told his whole story, 
and he had a picture of his mother up there and she's looking super like 1940s on the picture and she looks super grumpy and sad and he goes there's my mom thinking about murder and <laughs> that guy's an American treasure <laughs> yeah yeah his music's not for me but I understand his appeal and Dude, I've I, seen I think five, he's a cool guy I've seen your- <laughs> I think James Taylor is one of those guys that's like from a musical standpoint and I look I'm easily the third uh, most important music critic on this podcast so uh, take it as you will but I think he is built for a greatest hits album like his greatest hits album great yeah. love it his uh, deep cuts not so much don't really care yeah, nothing that here totally, that's of any Brian, interest but I can give you a uh, counterpoint to that Kent okay. knows because Kent and I both play guitar James Taylor stuff, super hard to play. Yeah, right, very, yeah, totally. Yeah, definitely, definitely. His stuff is so hard to play. Like he's a really good guitar player, especially you know like acoustically. Um, and he's funny. Like, and yes, you're right, Brian. Sometimes in a grumpy way, but so what? Like, so am I. Yeah, definitely. So was Letterman. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, that's a great. No, I, I like when you. I like when you guys go uh, go off book, and we just because I would never have thought. I would never have put James Taylor on my list, but now you bring him up. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. I, I vote yes. Kent, what about you? Yeah, 100%. Awesome. That's a good one, Rich. We got a good, Rich Harden. A lot of good... Um... <laughs> I'll come to your house and fight you tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Kent, right. who's your nominee? So I'm going to nominate somebody who is a multicultural person, multi multifaceted individual. Okay. Um, this person uh, is an athlete. Uh, an actor, an entertainer, a comedian, if you will, a very accomplished individual, uh, sort of pops up every now and then, and I always find this individual uh, amusing and uh, enlightening as well. I'm going to nominate uh, today American Treasure John McEnroe. Oh, he's on my. He was. I couldn't decide between James Taylor and John McEnroe, and I'm so glad I went Taylor because John McEnroe is. All you need to know is Dirk has a poster of John McEnroe in his house. <laughs> yes, done. Yeah. Uh, argument over. Yeah, this is my favorite apartment that we've ever put together. Not gonna lie, this it, is uh, it is this gonna great. be a fun one. It's yeah. a, it's amazing. But John McEnroe yeah. shows up randomly places yeah. and and is so funny. And a great analyst, too, for what he does. And great, oh, of course, totally, a tennis yeah. player. But showing By up on way, curb and doing random fellow things. Fellow millennials, watch tennis. Tennis yeah, is I awesome. Know. Yeah. <laughs> and listen to our podcast, Tennis Cast. <laughs> By the, tennis. Like, everyone groups tennis in with golf. Ten- I, I like golf. But yeah. tennis is so much better to watch. So than much golf. more. So much And, better. like, so athletes better. have personality. And the female version is, like, almost as good. Like, or if it's sometimes better. Like yeah, it's just a total. Put on mute. Gotta, gotta if you mute just, it. if you just watch tennis, I promise you, you'll enjoy it. It's awesome. Yeah. Do you know what? You know what? This is my suggestion because Richard and I can't. Where do you stand on tennis? What's your What's your hot uh, opinion on it, tennis? On my list of preferred sports to watch, okay. it's right. it's probably let's go uh, football, hockey, baseball, soccer, uh, basketball. It's probably number seven or eight on the list, but okay. it's up there. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> that's that's totally fine. 
Here's the thing. I'd rather watch it than NASCAR or something. <laughs> oh my gosh, you know? yes. Um, here's the thing that people need to do with tennis. This is this is my recommendation, and I'm just trying it out for the first time. So we'll see if this is a good theory or not. But uh, so I am a big EPL fan. I watch my my club is Everton. We'll talk about them in a minute because they were big players in Creed. Uh, and I just like two years ago, I was just like you know what? I love soccer, but I have to be in. I'm somebody who has to be invested. I'm a completist, and that personifies itself in like. Hockey is fun, but I'm not invested in any team, and so I don't watch hockey. Like, I can't, I just can't care if I'm not 100% invested. So I just sat down and did my research and picked a soccer club, a football club, and I've been totally in. Like, I have t-shirts, I watch every game, I'm 100% in. That's what we need to do with tennis, because I think part of the reason why tennis is not uh, big with our generation is that there's not an American worth watching. And what we need to just do... Like Richard and I are both big Fed guys, uh, Roger Federer, but he's on. He's he's about to be done. He's it's getting close. Mm-hmm. I, we think the old man has one more run in him, but it's it's coming to a close soon. We need to just pick a guy who who cares where he comes from. <laughs> totally just agree. whatever. I, I don't care what country. Just pick him and just go all in on that guy. And I think we will all. So we I invite the Mad About Movies listener who is also a tennis fan. So all six of you join Richard <laughs> and I and just. Picking somebody and uh, and then just going all in on tennis. We'll make tennis them the official awesome. tennis player fan of yeah, our movies. It'll be <laughs> and we'll like give updates and all kinds of stuff in major tournaments. Yeah. But seriously, if you are invested in tennis, it is like awesome to watch, especially because yeah. it's like always on in the morning. So you're just like chilling on a Saturday morning. You sit on your sofa. You throw on the TV. Your guys on. Maybe you have a mimosa. It's fantastic and. It, I mean, almost incomparable to any other sport in terms of action per second. It's it's a fantastic sport. To yeah. all get on tennis, totally agree. most underrated sport, tennis. Yes, definitely, totally in. All right, so that's three yeses for uh, for Johnny Mac. Yeah, We're yeah. So to, all that to say, Johnny McEnroe was awesome, both playing <laughs> and commentating. That's a, that's a preview for tennis cast right there. That's if you like that, <laughs> then donate to the show and we'll start a new one. Oh man, that's a great apartment, guys. I'm really excited about all the. So art it's it's there. Johnny Mac, it's it's James Taylor. <laughs> and he has his guitar, by the way. Always, totally, yeah. All the yes. Time. Yeah. And then who's yours, Brian? Catherine O'Hara. Oh yeah, I love it. I want to I, I want to hang out with that that threesome. I guess yeah. What an what an incredible uh, class! I'm excited to send them their vest. It's awesome. Good work, guys. Good work. Good Those job, are, Kent. That's a good, yeah. good recommend, Kent. Those were off the, off the, uh, off script pulls. I'm, I'm proud of you both. Thank you. All right. Gosh, I love this Val Kilmer picture so much. I'm just scrolling through the American Treasures. That's such a great picture. Gosh, oh, the best. Is it? I don't it's remember. A, it's just when, when he came in just and kind of chubby. I just kind of yeah. took it and he kind of yeah. walked out. He was right at the, he was like kind of in the days of the time. Perfect amount. Like yeah. he's not fat yet, but he's not right. thin. It's funny because we set up this little booth in our headquarters, and people come in and take their headshots, and some take it really seriously, like they'll wear a suit and like do their yeah. hair, and some kind of just yeah. stumble. Chris in. Rock did a whole pose thing. Yeah, yeah. it was really weird. Sylvester when Stallone looks kind of weird. Stallone is the most like incredulous of the whole process. Like he's not sure who we are, why we're there. Right. Yeah. 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 Betty White. Bill, Mur- Bill, Bill Murray came in uh, three years ago. Hey, ma'am, fam, question for you. Do you own a small business or are you a boss? Are you looking to hire awesome people, but you just can't find somebody to fill that role? Let me tell you about ZipRecruiter.com. 
With ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100 plus job sites all with one click. In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. Right now, you can post your jobs for free on ZipRecruiter by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. One more time, try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. Thanks to ZipRecruiter for supporting this episode of the Mad About Movies podcast. Let's talk Creed, guys. You should have never doubted me. I'm going to work to my last breath. So Richard wasn't able to join us when we talked Rocky a few weeks ago. That's right. He's still mad at us about it. Yeah, you were on a cruise, so that's what you get. You go to the Caribbean. That's true. And to a vacation for a week, and we talk about Rocky. So I think it's an even trade-off. We also did three episodes on MacGruber that we didn't tell you. Yeah, that which shall be posted at another day. Rocky's one of my favorite series of all times. I did not know that about you. I got to be honest, because I mean, I would have, we would have chosen Rocky anyway, despite you, but we didn't know that. So it feels like a wasted opportunity, to be honest. Yeah, it is, and it was fun. And you should go back and listen to it, Richard. It was a good time. Good time. I've actually played. It's at my queue on the podcast. Good to uh, to listen to that. I got to learn how to do that. I don't know how to queue. I I don't. the The new podcast app confuses me. I'm not gonna lie. Overcast, get on it. I'm telling you. Yeah, I free. need to do that. I need to do that. Freest, most free app ever. <laughs> Freest app I've ever downloaded. Didn't even charge me a thing. So free. It's awesome. Um. So yeah, Overcast. Uh, side plug. I'm not an investor. Uh. Yet. <laughs> anyway, uh, Creed is the reboot to Rocky. Suppose it. What what percentage of reboot slash sequel would you call this one? Um, considering it actually contains Rocky and the original actor who played Rocky, I would say this is a 60, 60% reboot, 40% sequel. I think that's fair. That's what I said for Star Wars, I think. I was around about, I was 65, 35, but yeah, yeah roundabout's fair. the same. Yeah. Star Wars has the original cast in as well. That's why. I'm sorry, does Star Wars have Sly Stallone in it? We don't know. Could don't be. Know. JJ's a secret guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's actually BB-8. Brian, what would you do if Sly Stallone showed up in in episode seven? Just, I mean, just start cheering as loud as I can. Yeah, I mean, which I I may do anyway. We'll, we'll see. It'd be pretty awesome. Uh, the force. Yeah, I want that in like episode eight or nine. Like that needs to be the villain. I think is is Stallone and Diesel, not characters. Just there is just Stallone and Diesel. They've they've uh, shown up in a galaxy. <laughs> Stallone and McGruber. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Stallone <laughs> yeah. needs to be in Guardians of the Galaxy. Can oh, we yeah, get totally. that done? Can we? I just... mean, number one, everyone we... loves Stallone. Stallone yes. is the best. We got to get him in Fast series first. That's that's, yeah, that's a number true. one. But Gal- Guardians of the Galaxy two, yeah, definitely. Come on. I told Brian <laughs> Kent that the difference between Sly and Arnold is Arnold is stupid, but once you think he's smart, and Sly is actually really smart, but it's fine if you think he's dumb. So I would consider this more of a reboot after seeing it than a sequel i think this this is more meant to set up future films and i think it will spawn those hugely yeah. successful opening weekend critically and commercially 
Um, I enjoyed myself. Let's go initial impressions on this. Liked it more than I thought I would, and it was more of a copy of Rocky than I thought it would. More of an homage to Rocky than I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. Um, That's than, fine, and that was fine. Um, Let's do one Rocky than I every year forever. <laughs> we might do that. Actually, might be. <laughs> we might be in for a a, a Creed sequel in the next year or two. I imagine multiple, but way different than I expected. What about you, Brian? Yeah, I, I wasn't sure exactly what to uh, what to expect from this thing going in. I think that's why I kind of left it off uh, my anticipated list that I put out in uh, in July. Uh, I just didn't know what I, what we were going to get from this thing, and it is. It's definitely it follows the pattern of Rocky quite well. You can tell that you can tell that the script uh, was essentially like let's take rocky and then kind of strip it down to the, it's, its three big points and then fill in the gaps with uh with the, with some with some new stuff some original stuff and that's fine because it works really really well and as we talked about a couple weeks ago rocky is a great movie not just a great sports movie but a, in just in general great movie and so if you want to take a formula that's really has been shown has proven to work I'm okay with that as long as you do it a service. And I think that this is one of those that, uh, that fits that, that bill. Uh, you know, if you're upset that this is a, this is kind of a carbon copy of Rocky in, in a lot of ways, then I guess I understand that criticism. But again, what I want, if you're going to go that route, just make sure that you do it really well. And this is, I love the nostalgia aspect of this movie. This feels like a, like a total throwback to, the mid seventies. And, uh, obviously that's intentional and obviously that's because it is a predator, a, uh, excuse me, a, uh, a descendant of, of Rocky, but I'm okay with that. And, uh, you know, it, there's some, there's a few little scripting bits here and there that pop up that I think are the, yeah, it was weak weird. Points. They went ahead and just wrote in Sly's Oscar speech. Into the script. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's talk about that in a minute. Cause yeah. <laughs> But, uh, you know, there's some dialogue here and there that's a little cheesy or seems a slightly dated in some ways. Uh, but that's kind of my only complaint about the whole movie is that it's not 100% original and that there, there's some, some dialogue-y stuff that, that kind of is a little bit wonky. But I thought that the, I thought the two performances are out, both outstanding up there with the best that I've seen this year. I want to talk about that more in depth in a little bit. I thought uh, Kugler showed that he is one of the best up-and-coming directors in the game right now. And, uh, I mean, look, I saw this movie about 24 hours ago, and I'm still just pumped. I, I stinking love this this film. This is going to be real high on my list this year, and I did not anticipate that. I thought this would be a... I thought this would be like a B, B-plus kind of movie. Like, yeah, that was pretty solid. Like Rocky Balboa was. It's just like, yeah, that's a fine film. I enjoyed it. It's it's cool. And then I walk away and never really think about it again. And instead, I I just, I wish that I would have seen this two or three times before coming to talk to you guys about it. Like, it's it's really, really good. And I'm I'm ready to fight anybody who says it's not. Like, I'm ready to go right now. So, so I, I loved it. I loved it. I thought this would be my favorite movies of the year. I, I because I love Sly and I, I'm a I'm Michael B. Love me some Michael B. And I love Sly is my guy. Like any action hero, there's Arnold guys, there's John Claude guys, there's you know myriad guys. But I'm I'm a Sly guy. Yeah, I same. didn't know this would be my favorite film ever, and it kind of is. It's my favorite <laughs> movie of all time. Wow. 
Wow. Um, no, it's awesome though. It's yeah. so stinking good. And Sly is the thing that makes it like from oh, I'm enjoying myself to wow, this is really good. Is 100 how good just Sly randomly brings it for this movie. Yeah. It's it's absolutely like peak Copland Sly. By the way, he's good, Hollywood. Like, if you use him correctly, um, nothing wrong with Stallone. He's a total movie star, and he's a good actor if you use him correctly. I don't know why we haven't done... Like, why was Sly not in The Departed? He (laughs) would have been better than Jack Nicholson. I don't understand. Like, there's so many good Sly roles that people just don't give to him because they think he's dumb. But Sly is great, and... He's not just expendables guy. Like he he's not expendable. <laughs> Wink. Got him. Um, wow. Oh yeah. Sunglasses on. Yep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but he really is good. Like if you use him correct he has yeah. a a very small part of the pie, but right. if you cut his pie correctly, yeah. um, he's perfectly fine to excellent. And he's got two gears. If you just stick him in one of those gears, you're doing well like he yeah he has he cheesy sly gear which is great i'm fine right. with that and he has like copland creed sly gear which is like way better than mickey rourke or anybody else out there like he's freaking awesome the script is the weakest part of this but that's fine because it's so well directed so well acted and oh my gosh michael b some of these boxing scenes are yeah, yeah. i mean it's like watching an actual sporting event and you get so hyped and so nervous and uh it's it's fabulous so this is this is up there guys this is one of my favorite movies this year i love this movie can't can't bring us down can't bring us down <laughs> oh i'm not gonna bring you down i really enjoyed okay. this movie good um uh it's not on a scale of 10 to 10 how good was Sly? <laughs> Sly was great he was he blew my mind and that's exactly what i said when we revisited rocky a few weeks ago it was like Sly yeah. is a really good actor yeah you know he yeah. like was an academy award nominee for uh for Rocky and it won yeah, best picture script. and like people remember Rocky like oh yeah great movie Rocky all these sequels they don't remember like it won best picture like it was a good movie right. and um, yeah. and I was expecting like a full blown I expected them to take this seriously the Creed movie I didn't think yeah. I, I thought they learned their lesson with Rocky Balboa that we don't want just any random sequels with this we want I guess a new direction it's and, a really uh, kind of cool universe oh yeah it really and, is. Like, there's a lot to explore in it. There really is. It, it's crazy how they've meshed the real world and the fake Rocky Balboa as a real boxer yeah, world. Totally. Especially with the statue, the stuff they did with that, and and him going back to the library near the end of the movie, and all that stuff. It was just, it works so well still. Um, mm, yeah. This, the, just the yeah. hometown Philadelphia homegrown kid storyline. Um, you can recycle it all day, like you said, and and uh, right. it could be compelling, but man, this, they really did take this seriously. Uh, yeah. I mean, I like it when a director gives it a little bit of flair. Yeah. <laughs> and this, yeah. this had more than enough flair for, you know, for my taste. What, By the way, America, would you rather more Rocky slash Creed movies or would you rather more, what, what's that series with the girl from Spectacular Now, Brian, that we talk about? Divergent. Oh, insert, would yeah, you rather more Divergent or yeah, more no. Rocky? No one cares about those movies. Yeah. No. Let's get yeah. more Rocky movies. Yeah. One of the best things about this movie, and Rocky was the same way, and I didn't really realize it uh, until maybe even after we talked about it, but I get kind of tired of sports movies just in general. That's not a genre that really 
intrigues me because well, non, I love sports so much. Sports movies. <laughs> right. Yeah. Facing the Giants, my favorite movie of all time. But uh, no, look, I love sports so much and I feel like sports movies, they really, really bother me on the actual sports element, you know, and this is yeah. I think what this movie does two things really well. And Rocky, Rocky was the same thing. It's really not telling sports. This isn't a sports movie so much as it's a movie about human beings, you know, that happens to it, it like intersects with sports almost. So, Brian, is, not to contradict your point, because I totally agree with it. I think anyone if you don't like boxing, you don't like sports, you're going to like this movie. Yeah. But in terms of the actual sports. Yes. It's, uh, side no, of no, it, yes it's is incredible. it the best? I think it might be the best ever in terms it, of like. I turned it's sport out there. Like it looks yeah. like an actual. Yeah, yeah. I went to see this with, with uh, Jason and uh, our friends Tobin and, and Matt, and I turned it like in the towards the end. Not even I, I think right before the final fight started, I turned to Jason and said, "I feel like I'm about to watch an actual boxing match, like an actual yeah. heavyweight fight," which I love. I used to love boxing when heavyweight fighters actually mattered and i was i mean i was pumped i was nervous i was jittery and it, you know it it really took some doing to remember that i was watching a movie not not that i, I had that i hadn't just paid 60 bucks to watch this a pay-per-view fight or something you know like it was so hyped and they did such a great job of the the sports action but the deal is they blended that so well to your point ken i wanted to i wanted to touch on that that was mm-hmm. the what bothers me most about sports movies is that they kind of seem to exist in their own universe and yet that but try to play off like they're in our universe. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. I don't like when a sports movie there's they're generally so fake, but they're trying to be real. And that always just kind of drives me crazy because I feel like I know sports so well that like I hate like um like any given Sunday where it's like yes. all these teams yes. you've never heard of and no one cares about. Like this right. still feels like it could have been a real thing. Uh, yes. Like they could like Adonis created. Right. Could be a real it, boxer. Right down to the to the PTI bit, which, which was per, like absolutely 100% accurate for what would happen today, I think. So if this was a real story. So I wanted I, I just want to jump in there. I think it's the blend of sports, of real life sports and movie sports is so good in this film that it feels so much more real than almost any sports movie. Yeah, ever. and I think the HBO 24-7 thing that they were doing, like he was watching it on his yeah. iPad and then they have it later. And the sh- the actual matches on HBO, so that the Max Kellerman kind of play by play is not distracting. Yeah. So you're, oh, this is kind of like we're watching it on TV. Like, why is there narration all of a sudden? You know, totally, um, totally. Yeah. And, and I really uh, liked the the way that was approached and everything, because yeah. that can be that can be tricky. And man, the flair that that was used here. The first thing I noticed was the poster, like title cards for the different boxers. They looked yes. like old school like boxing yeah. posters. Such Great. a cool touch. Totally. Told you everything you needed to know about these guys. Okay, there's their record. There's where they're from. There's, yeah. you know, their height, weight, all that. Nickname, all in one, like a, a four second title. You know, um, right. that you throw on the screen. That was such a nice touch. Definitely. Definitely. And um, that's just one of the things. What's what's something you all noticed about uh, that set this thing apart? The camera work in this movie is is some of the best that I've seen this year, and maybe longer. Uh, it was such a great homage to old Rocky uh, because there's there's a lot of steady cam. It seems I think it just goes back to this whole movie feels like I said at the outset it feels like something from 
1976, which is with a little bit of, of extra of 2015 flair to it, I guess. And, and I, man, I love that. I love the camera, the camera work, uh, from the montage stuff, which was done so well, so much better than, than 95% of, of other sports movies. Like the training stuff was fantastic. That first fight, which is a one take, it's a two round thing. It's, it, it, and there's no cuts. Like it's a, it's basically a tracking shot with the, Mm-hmm. With a spinning camera that Louis Lettier just dreams of. He wishes he could pull off. It's done so I think well. He did pull it off. <laughs> GPS, well, man. That's, you, can't tra- you, can, you can't track it, but he can track and shot yeah. it. Oh, man, I wish that had been in this movie. If only, if only Michael B. Jordan had been wearing a GPS tracker uh, during that sequence. No, look, the camera the Golden State Warriors demand so that he good. does. So they know, the, they know his kind <laughs> of minutes. Camera work is so good, man. Like this is a this should get some kind of buzz for uh for cinematography and all that kind of stuff because it's until the Revenant comes out. And, yeah, oh totally. Or That's the Hateful Eight, and then seventy that. millimeter or whatever, and all that. Right. But, nonsense. Uh, that is some major skill with the camera. Oh to, yeah. To pull that off in the way that uh, Coogler and and his his team did that is really something. And I've said a hundred times before, but. You uh you don't notice editing and and same as with camera work you don't notice that stuff unless it's great or terrible and this is one of the examples of like this is some of the best camera work I, I I've seen in a, in a very long time and that I think that sets the tone in a lot of ways for the for the film aspect of this movie uh this is it, it kind of straddles the line between uh semi or like poor man's blockbuster. And uh, and like serious Oscar contending film, and I think that the the, the camera work is kind of what what puts it on that uh, on that balance beam, I guess. And then Stallone and, and Jordan is what kind of brings that home because they're both amazing, uh, amazing. I'm st- I'm like getting goosebumps thinking about some of those scenes uh, between those two. So the camera yeah, work yeah, sets I, up the 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 acting so well. I think, I think. M- Michael B. Jordan makes a really convincing boxer too. That doesn't yeah. hurt. Yeah. Like Jake Gyllenhaal, I'm sorry, but yeah, I haven't seen Southpaw, but just didn't seem seem like he would make a convincing boxer. Oh yeah, I'm yeah, sure he yeah. does in the movie. I'm well, sure he's great. He's Jake Gyllenhaal or whatever. But Michael B. Jordan, it was just so seamless. I don't know. Yeah. I totally agree, and because I, I, I did see Southpaw, and it all it always seemed very choreographed the way that that he was going through the, this. I will say the only scene in which the boxing element looked choreographed was the beginning. Yeah, of that two round uh, tracking shot, and then you realize that well, because it kind of had to be in order for them to achieve this effect yeah. mm-hmm. to get a, a to get a basically a six minute shot like that is uh, is I how so many times they did that because there was a lot of subtlety to a lot a lot of those yeah. moves oh, yeah. and everything. Right, it must have been like a several that's, weeks for one yeah, scene a, thing. Yeah, I heard I heard Michael B. Jordan on the Bill Simmons podcast. And he said it was like a six to seven week rehearsal period before they wow. shot. But they took 22 takes of that of that shot. Wow. 22 takes. That's crazy. But, but so I think there's some there's a little element there where you do seem like, OK, that's a little bit choreographed, but it's worth it <laughs> to get that shot. And then as you know, that last fight, I didn't feel like it was choreographed at all. Like that was just two dudes just <laughs> beating the crap out of each other, which was it was really well done, really well done. Well, I I take the steady cam, the emphasis on the steady cam, and 
as one of the things, like if you were to go back and watch the original Rocky and you made a list of four things that made that movie great, like that would be one of the, one of the things, you know, the steady cam, um, the the use of the steady cam. And there were a lot of little subtle homages to Rocky. I liked how they kind of redid the, him running with the, in the gray sweatsuit, uh, running through the city. Uh, they they use that a couple of times in the movie. And the second time is when he's about to go into his last fight. And there's kind of like the dirt bikes riding up the road and everything. I don't know what that's about, but that was a cool shot and sequence and everything. <laughs> like it gave me, it made me pumped. Um, that's just one of the things that I noticed about is the emphasis yeah. on that. And speaking of tracking shots, the one time that I was like, man, this would be awesome if they use a tracking shot here was when he's in his dressing room about to fight in his last final fight. Mm-hmm. And he's sparring, you know, with his guys and they say, all right, it's time. Let's do this. And they tracking shot, follow him all the way to the ring, like going through the tunnels of the arena and, you know, going out into walking in through the tunnel into the, um, into the ring. That was perfect use of yes, that too. Totally. That pumped me yeah. up. Just walking behind him as he's walking into the thing. That was, that was goosebumps. Uh, that was goosebumps. This thing's incredibly well shot. And I, I want to see Kugler do a lot of, yeah. you know, I mean, imagine how much better Fantastic Four is if it's Kugler and Michael B. Jordan as opposed to Trank and Michael B. Jordan, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I think this is uh, a direct, I think this guy is someone that good. you could, you could, you could pretty much hand over the keys to just any film that, uh, that he wants to do at this point. And I think you're going to, it's going to be successful. Uh, now you said be three. Yeah, let's do it. I mean, why, you know, uh, this is a guy that's. I, I imagine Sly he's plays an old free. grizzled wizard. <laughs> wizard, though, not magician. Wizard. Right. He just stumbles off of the uh, carousel and starts uh, doing magic. Not yeah. old those cards, right? <laughs> we better hold those kings, baby. You gotta hold the kings. I would watch that for if it was fourteen hours long. I would sit there for fourteen hours. <laughs> No doubt in my mind. Yeah, I think the Conley character, um, his opponent, his main opponent, uh, Creed's main opponent, is based on Conor McGregor. Did you get that sense? The UFC fighter, yeah. the yeah, the guy yeah, who's the good. number one guy right now. It's kind of this same personality, literally, as that guy. Yeah, um, good he's timing a big though, because yeah. a lot of times with these movies, because they take you know it takes a while to make a movie, that they end up getting some weird persona that isn't relevant anymore yeah. they're like you know like a lot of times with these movies it's like oh yeah the uh antagonist is mike tyson and you're like yeah 2015 you yeah, know right. mike tyson hasn't right. mattered in fights since 2000 and, or 1997 right but uh this did a good job i think that's a credit to this film because like conor mcgregor is kind of like the guy right now in the Dece- in in december of 2015 yeah and they timed that perfectly right yeah good that was predicting. cool yeah yeah. So should we get into spoiler territory now? I think we should. Let's do it. I want to talk Sly for the rest of my life. So let's go. All right. Let's, uh, what do we think of this whole storyline of if you're going to do Rocky again, is having Rocky as the trainer the way to do it? Or is there some kind of other way you could have done a Rocky movie without, maybe without Sly or, you know what I'm saying? No. This is perfect. I think this uh-huh. is the absolute perfect way to to reboot a franchise and to uh, and reinvigorate it because we don't want to see as much as we all love Sly like I don't want to see Sly Stallone fighting right now like I don't I just I think that gets sad Didn't no they, not he, fighting but maybe in another role maybe I I don't think know, or trainer, not involved at all I don't know 
I think I think you have to have Rocky in a Rocky spinoff movie. I just think I don't know. It just maybe two or three more movies down the line, but I think to get the the franchise rolling in the right direction, you absolutely have to have you have to have Rocky involved. And I think this is the perfect way the perfect way to do it. I don't. I mean, aside from him being like a promoter or something like that, I just don't. You have to have him involved, and you have to have him closely involved. Like he needed to be ringside. I think for that to to work effectively. I think it works good. Yeah. I'm wondering how much involvement he had because I know he didn't write this. He usually writes most of his work these days and yeah. in those days as well. But Right. Yeah. Um, it, I, I I was surprised that he didn't write it. So when I when it popped up at the end that uh that it was Cooler and uh Aaron Covington that had written the written the I script. If they I wrote surprised. it and then they brought it to him and said, Hey, sure, this could be maybe. cool. Yeah. That's a really good idea to do to do Apollo Creed's son and yeah, yeah. And um, how did you feel about the relationship between the two? I thought their chemistry was great for, for Michael B. Jordan and Sly together. I thought their yeah. chemistry, was, it was very believable as a friendship and as a real kind of father-son kind of relationship and as well. So from what I heard, they actually brought this to Sly. Sly was kind of the linchpin. The studio has been on board for a few years. They brought this to Sly a few years ago, actually before even uh, Fruitville Station. And he said, no. Not doing that. And then after Fruitville Station, uh, he he changed his mind, and they oh, cool. they got it moving. Makes sense. So, so it was Michael B. Jordan all along doing attached. Yeah, it was always going to be Michael B. Jordan okay. and Coogler, even before Fruitvale. And uh, the studio was always cool with it. And one of those rare instances where the studio was actually kind of forward thinking. Sly needed to make sure that they kind of knew what they were doing, and obviously they showed it with right. with Fruitvale. And he was like, "All right, I'm in. Let's do it." So it shows how smart Sly really is. Like, yeah. I mean, that's totally fair of him. Like, hey, make totally. a movie. Let me see. Make sure you don't suck. Okay, right. cool. Let's do this. Yeah. yeah. Almost almost every plot line works for me here. Uh, the one with his mother works for me. Um, the one that worked for me the least is probably the relationship with the girl. Same. Um, yeah. The yeah. relationship with Sly worked for me as well. And I liked the. Can we uh, talk about them getting rid of that last actress from the last few Rocky movies for Felicia Rashad, which I'm fine with, by the way. <laughs> but it's like, yeah. it was weird. Like they just got rid of her, and it's like, yeah, let's get Claire Huxtable in here. We're done. Cool. <laughs> and it's I'd good. I'm that up for Felicia because obviously the whole Huxtable yeah, she, she situation. Yeah, she needs a win, and yeah. now we have something else to think of her. Of I'm I'm pumped and good for her. I love, yeah. love. She was good in this, by the way. Yeah, she really was. She brought home those those moments quite well. The one that worked for me the best, though, was him not wanting to take his father's name, and yeah. that whole that was really the, the well reveal. Done. The reveal of the shorts and the trunks at the in the last fight and all that was yeah. was extremely well done, and yeah. the re, it was perfectly executed. The, that reveal, yeah. I knew it was coming. Um, but man, but, but they great. held it, they held yeah. it to the right point yep. though, because I, I expected that was going to come at some point. And then by the time we actually got to it, like I said, I he puts the trunks on and then you follow him to the ring and the one, yeah. one take so track. Good, oh, so good. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. yeah that, gosh, the camera work, camera work is just fantastic. Yeah, I'm this. telling you, this is going to sweep the Oscars guys. Everyone. <laughs> no way. There's no way. I don't know that it's going to go that strong, but it's, I look, I, two weeks ago, if you would have told me that Creed was going to be. Not just an Oscar nominee, but like a very well respected multi Oscar nominee sort of film. I don't think I would have believed you. And it's 
Yeah. Yeah. Like if this, if any award that this wins, I really feel like I'm going to have a hard time saying, nope, can't win that. You know, that's ridiculous or Especially supporting actor. Yes. Cause that, that should be a wrap. I think that's a wrap. Like I, again, I turned to Jason in the scene, the scene where he, uh, where he falls down in the ring and has to be carried off to the hospital and stuff. I turned to Jason and was like, I think Sly just won an Oscar. Like that was just, <laughs> it was that sort of, uh, it was almost like an Emmy sort of thing. Like if you, you know, Emmy voting, they, you're supposed to watch an episode. Like they get to mm-hmm. submit a specific episode. And if you did that, if you applied that kind of theory to, uh, to film, then, okay, here's my three scenes from this movie. Oh man, that was such a good scene. <laughs> and then there was like two or three others that he just crushed after that. Where I thought, holy crap! The one where they're delivering the news that he has yeah. cancer oh was gosh, that was the Oscar oh scene. Gosh. That's I the one started, they're going to show. Uh, I got choked the, up so hard yeah. on that. That was so good, so good. Yeah, I. What do we think of the plot line of him getting uh, sick? I I actually wondered. I was like, is he going to die in this movie? Is Rocky? Yeah. Is this going to be it? Like, is this how they're going to pass the torch here? Yeah. Rocky's gonna die, and then Creed's gonna win the fight. And we should go spoiler here, probably. We already did. Yeah. Okay. We're good. We're we're set. We're in spoiler territory. Uh, yeah. So I, I was too. I was uh, kind of convinced going. I in was cheering up. I don't yeah. want Rocky to ever die, and no, no. especially don't want Sly to ever die. Right. So I, how does this cross over to Expendables? <laughs> does Adonis just join the crew, or how does this work? <laughs> Yes, he's got to get a lot more tattoos though to be able to fit in. I liked how his name was. I liked how his name was Don Johnson before uh, he was Adonis Creed. Did you notice <laughs> yeah. that? Adonis yeah. Johnson. Yeah, Don Johnson. Don yeah. Johnson. Donnie. He went by Donnie. Yeah. 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 I like the subtlety of Stallone like putting on the beanie at the end too, like yeah. signify <laughs> yeah. he was losing his hair. Like they never address it. Like you kind of yeah. see it thinning, and then by the end he's just got the beanie and he's not. He's just not even gonna talk about it, you know. He's yeah, wear it. I mean, that it was, just really yeah. it it goes to the point of of like this is just it really feels this feels almost like a documentary like authentic, more than anything yeah. else. That's it weird. seems so real. I really had to check myself in the last fight of like, okay, this is a movie. Like the I, last, I just, yeah. I thought we were about to see the greatest heavyweight fight uh, or whatever light heavyweight or whatever it is uh, uh, of all time, and and it was <laughs> so. Like, I went ahead and just gave them $70 on the way out of the screen. <laughs> I was like, this is clearly a pay-per-view. The guy, the ticket tear guy was super confused. I was like, here's $70. I'm writing you a check. Just don't worry about it. <laughs> I, what did you think? Of, you. What did you think about the final scene? Like the first time they go up the steps of the, of the library and Rocky can't make it up the steps and he's helping him up the steps. I thought that was great too. Yes. Yeah. Very touching moment. I cried, man. I actually... That's the final... I guess it's the final... First time I've cried from School of Rock. (laughs) Tears streaming. Just like a Coldplay song streaming down my face. No way. I don't believe you. I really did. I teared up, man. Wow. Yeah. See, I'm a movie crier. I cry pretty freely and easily in in a movie, and this one got me like seven times. Like, I was just... Are you kidding me? Oh, dude. Like... The the uh, I mean seven's an exaggeration, but four might not be. So I thought there were a lot of there were several moments that just yeah. that got me, even though they were cheesy, you know. And it's just okay. I I bought it. I I drank the Kool Aid essentially. But there were a couple moments that obviously are designed to bring about an emotional reaction, but did so in such an authentic and ridiculously good way that I just could, like when he finds out that he has cancer. That was a perfect scene. Uh, the way in which he talks about 
you know, well, that's, you know, that's what happened with my wife or what, like with like mm-hmm. a tear coming into his eye. The scene where he confronts uh, Adonis oh, in, fly, the, in the jail is, so, is incredible. To God, who's a better actor, Sly or Daniel Day-Lewis? Be honest. <laughs> well, one's a better cobbler than the other. How but, many uh, times has Daniel Day-Lewis made you cry? <laughs> yeah, done. That's true. Argument over. But dude, the la the, the scene that, that got me the most, not from a, like I just started bawling, but I was just like, I like, let's start a fight club right now or something. I was just so <laughs> pumped up. Is that when he right before the twelfth round starts, when he gives that the greatest coach yeah. speech yeah. of all time, I was just like so ready to go. I can like, was, I can I'm fighting because you're fighting yeah, or one of those yeah, things. Yeah. Let's go go get that son of a and so yeah. you know and go all this I was just like, yeah. yes, that's right, Rocky. Like let's do it. I was just so I was like foaming at the mouth. How have we like, not done a football movie with Sly as the head coach yet? <laughs> it's gotta be happening soon now. Yes. We need to write that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I don't I know. I thought that was the best coach speech I think I've ever heard in a movie. Like and there's a lot of them. And that one was Boy, man, just goosebumps, goosebumps. I think I came closer to crying during Furious 7 this year than I did Creed. <laughs> oh, that just one got me too. That one, that one actually, like, legitimately, <laughs> like, emotions were involved. Seriously, you know, it's like, how guy, is Sly not in the Furious series? Yet? I know, just he's got to play Dom's dad. Let's he's just play dad. the rest of the podcast. Let's just talk how is Sly not in blank. Um, <laughs> we can do that all I'm day. In- <laughs> yeah. Okay. He's got Furious Seven or Furious Eight is number one, right? Sly has to be at Furious Eight. Yeah. I mean, I it's just it's it's incomprehensible. Number two, um, if they remake Lincoln, Sly is Lincoln. <laughs> um, or maybe FDR. Yeah. I would think. Sure. Number three, um, Bridges over Madison County. If they remake that, Sly. I mean, it's almost time for a new Steve Jobs movie. So, <laughs> yeah, absolutely, that would be the best one. With Wilmer Valderrama as uh, as the Waz. So, <laughs> it would be great if they did a Steve Jobs movie with zero attention. Like, okay, it started with Ashton. He kind of looked like he was a bad actor. Then we went to then we went to uh, Michael Fassbender. Doesn't look at all like him, but great actor. The third Steve Jobs movie. It doesn't matter. Like just Sly as Steve Jobs, it's just Wilderness. Anthony Mackie. Yeah. <laughs> the Kate Winslet character is is played by Caitlyn Jenner, and we just we just go, and it's beautiful. Oh, and we got to get great this ideas tonight. Out. I feel okay. like this podcast is just giving twelve great ideas. To, you tell uh, me there's no headphone jack. We got to get a <laughs> headphone jack in there. For there's got to be an iPod. Oh man. Gosh, I love you, Sly. Mission Impossible. He could show up as the villain in the sixth one. I'd be okay with that. That'd be a it's good crazy, one. like how well Sly's career has aged and how not well Arnold's has. Can we talk about that for a second? Yeah, because these. I mean, I was. I think I might have been more of an Arnie guy as a no, kid. Arnie still has a career. His movies just suck. But they also don't make money either. And and now to be fair, Sly has a ton of really bad movies. No. Totally. I'm not saying he's that, won. That haven't made Sly one. is one. But if it's a boxing match, Sly is winning the early to mid sixties round. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um and he and he gets it. Like I Yeah, don't that's Arnie the thing. It's like that's, Sly that's gets like the bit. Yeah. I yeah. don't think Arnold does yet. I think Arnold still thinks he's Leo DiCaprio and Sly's like, I'm Sly Stallone. I'm just gonna yeah. do Sly Stallone stuff all the time. 
Yeah. And and Arnie that thinks he's like a the rock meets Leo hybrid. And it's like, Arnie, we're we're kind of done with you, man. Right. Yeah. Yeah. His uh his later in life bit is much, much better. And again, as you I as highly you, recommend both to the listener and to you guys the sly on Stephen Colbert. I don't know if you guys have watched it yet, but it's one of the best interviews yeah, ever. I did. It's, and Colbert is just so happy he's there. <laughs> And Sly's like talking about his paintings and stuff. And Colbert's like, I want to buy one of these. These are awesome. <laughs> it's Man. awesome. Gosh, I love Sly. I'm so glad that the world is remembering how great Sly Stallone is because we've been big okay, fans. Never for a long forget, time. he made a movie about arm wrestling and it like it did okay. Like yeah. it made me. Yeah. Over the top. We're going to do best. a throwback on it one day. <laughs> one of these days, we're doing an over the top throwback. I love it. Can't you in? I'm in. The, you can, look, look, you can't, you can't argue this. It's the best movie about arm wrestling from the 80s. So That's can't, true. you can't take that away from it. Can't. can't. All you right, can't. let's hit grades here. Let's. Brian. There's not, a, there's not been a letter invented yet. <laughs> I can give. Um, it's gosh, I just, I can't, I kind of can't believe that I'm going to, that I'm going to do this, but like, this is an A plus movie. Like this is such a freaking good movie. I, I look, there's, there's minor scripting issues. And if you can't get over the fact that it is such a, uh, it's definitely treading upon the footsteps of its predecessors. If that makes sense. Uh, I don't want to call it a retread because that is, but that's fine. That's like saying the new star, if the new star Wars is really good, we're not going to discredit it for, being derivative of the original Star Wars, that's an awesome part of it. And that's right. an awesome part of Creed is yeah. that it's derivative of Rocky. Sure. There's just so it's so well done. It's fun to see a movie. It's fun to see movies that are made for adults. Like we don't have very many of those anymore. I always talk about that when we do like mm. a Ron Howard movie or I think most Ben Affleck movies fall into that category of like, it, it, this is not a blockbuster and it's also not like, super award baity sort of film yeah. it's just this is just a movie for like people in their 30s and 40s you know what i mean like this yeah. is, I, and and there's just not very many of those and it does that bit so so stinking well because it also balances elements of blockbuster and elements of uh of award show type stuff so um there's minor issues but this is a for me right now this is in my top three or four of the year, uh, maybe higher. Same. So I'm just going to go, I'm going to give it an A plus and maybe I'll come down a, a, a slight notch when I do my end of the year lists and all that sort of thing. But right now I've got this with, with Steve jobs and the Martian and, um, and inside out, which is still super high on my list. But so a plus for me. Okay. I'm going to give it an A Richard. I'm going to go a plus. I'm with Brian. It's, it's right now. Uh, I've seen Spotlight. I've seen a couple other things. It's it's top three of the year. Sweet. Would what? not have expected that. What's the number three then? Uh, Steve Jobs is in the competition for that. Inside Out. Um, gosh. Uh, Insidious Seven. Um, <laughs> no, there's a lot of machine too. This is, I haven't I haven't walked, worked it all out yet, but this is definitely. I would say if this is my favorite movie of the year, if this is number one. Don't be shocked. Wow. Yeah, okay. It's fair. I I can't I can't uh, deny you that. Um, I think there will be more epic movies 
I agree. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm really, I think I'll come down off the high of this because I've seen it recently and I'm still so. I've just been punching random people on the street and stuff like that. But <laughs> to me, this yeah. is the this is the whiplash of this year. Yes, yes, yeah, that's, that's fair. It, it might be the one like man, might be a top five movie of all time for me. Um, it probably won't win the Oscar me. though. You know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I will say this: I I think when we reviewed The Martian, I said that's my this is my favorite movie that we've done a podcast on, and. I would not have turned around to see The Martian immediately again, and I would have gladly walked right back into the theater and seen this three or four more times. I, I want to see The Martian again before it. It's I do been too. In theaters for a long time. Yeah. It's done I do, very well. I, I, I want to see it again, but I would not have just immediately gone back into it. And this Creed, absolutely, no cool. question. Good. Um, well, straight A's, I guess, for Creed. Yeah. Strong. Would not expect have expected that. that so so is, is, is is Sly's the number one for supporting right now? Yeah. Yeah, that's we that's would put Michael B. Jordan in the competition I, for. He's going to have a hard time. He's going to have a hard yeah. time getting in because there's a lot of of really. Strong I still think Fastbender's. Yeah, just he's just, so. We're just, just compared to Driven. <laughs> in the Sly, forgot. About I would say slightly better than Driven. Sheesh. Uh, for Kit Kit Pardue brings it. Gosh, that guy was a major star for two years. Um. IndieWire has DiCaprio, Fast, Fassbender, Damon, Depp, and Redmayne as your five for uh, okay. and Michael B. Johnny Jordan. Johnny Depp for what? Black oh, Mask. For, really? Still? Totally. Yeah. I think he's going to uh, get that nomination. I think Damon's the one that might slip out of that spot. Yeah. Michael B. was better than Depp. Eh, yeah, I mean, it's too. They're too so different. Like they're such different performances. But, but I can't, hold on, I can't argue with you on that, though. Did Johnny Depp interact with Sly in his in Black Mass? <laughs> it's true. This gets a good did point. He? That's did a good he? point. He no, didn't. he did. You're right. So You're right. point Michael I, B. I retract. I retract my uh, my statement. I am super glad that that Michael B. Jordan is getting this run because I'm with you, Thank Richard. God. Like Friday Night Lights is my is the best show of all time that was ever on network television, and he was so stinking good on it, and I was really nervous after Fantastic, Fantastic Four. Four. This came along at the perfect time. Yes, absolutely. Either if this was like a year later, you'd be worried, or if it was, right. God forbid, before Fantastic Four, you'd be worried. Like yeah. two months, three months after Fantastic Four, you're like, all right, he'll be fine. Yep. Because everyone's going to be like, Fantastic yep. Four was an abortion, but uh, you know what? Yeah, no, no one will remember that he was in it. It will all like I think I said this at the time, but Fantastic Four falls at completely at the feet of Trank and Teller. Exactly. So one the one good thing you say about Trank is because of all his bluehardiness and like the big thing he kind of blew up upon release. He kind of fell on the grenade. Yeah, he absorbed that contact for sure. Yeah. Yep. Good. Because Michael B. Jordan, like the world is a better the world of this industry is a better place when michael b jordan is in is a household name cuz he and is it, a great actor and yes. and so. and star so That's can weird. we just get michael b jordan to play han solo like i'm i'm down for that <laughs> yeah absolutely like, that can't like you're not you're joking i'm like, not joking that like, i would say that i will make that leap like yeah he became a white guy when he was <laughs> he michael 31 Jackson. like right. i don't care like yeah. that you're right he is the perfect amount of um uh he's a good enough actor and he's the perfect amount of charisma for that role you're right like he is the perfect person for han solo man that'd be better than miles teller oh absolutely what about the cup, though what about the, the cup? cup has a chance okay the cup right. is the front runner i would yeah. say yeah hopefully fingers all crossed right. all right well let's hit a recommend then guys 
Um, Brian, hit us with your recommend. Yeah, I'm going to give you a, a movie that I watched a couple, I don't know, a few weeks ago on my, my little staycation uh, that I rented again from a brick-and-mortar store. Those still exist. Uh, it is, it's really an interesting film, and I think... I don't know that you guys... I, I can't say that both of you guys would like this film, but I want you to see it because it's really odd and interesting, and I, I kind of want your your take on it. It was recommended by a listener several months ago, and I can't remember who it was, so I apologize to that uh, that listener. If, if it was you, uh, tweet or email us and let, let me know. Uh, it's called Slow West, and it is, it's a Western that feels like it was made by somebody who only watches Wes Anderson movies. Um, it's like, it's very quirky and twee, but it's a Western and it's, it's Fassbender and, uh, Cody Schmidt McPhee Mm -hmm. from, uh, the road and Paranorman and stuff like that. Or, uh, the last apes movie rise of the dawn of the planet of the apes. Mm -hmm. Uh, and it's just, it's in the, you know, the way that most Westerns are, it's a very simple plot. This kid's trying to get across the country to find his uh, girlfriend or fiance or whatever, and Fossbender tags along, essentially, like agrees to take him across the country. It's not even an hour and a half long. It goes really fast. The music is very odd and off-kilter for a Western. It, it fits, again, like a Wes Anderson movie, not uh, a Western. It's just, it was not at all what I expected. It's funny in very dry ways, and it it was just it completely took me by surprise. And it's rare these days, I think, to sit down and watch the way as much as we follow movies to sit down and watch a movie and have no clue what you're about to see. And it was a really interesting experience. Um, it's not a great, you know, it's like a it's an A minus kind of movie, which is totally fine. But it's so um, interesting and kind of sweet in a way. And uh, I, I really I really enjoyed it. And I think you guys. Again, I don't know if you'd love it, but I want to. I kind of want to know what you guys think about it. So check it out if you ever get the opportunity. I I'm will. sure it'll be on Netflix at some point. Slow West. Well, it made two hundred and twenty nine and ninety four dollars. <laughs> okay, well there you go. Two hundred twenty nine thousand and ninety four. I don't know why, but that that box of numbers is funny to me. <laughs> it got it down to two hundred twenty nine thousand right. yeah. and ninety four dollars. <laughs> Interesting. It's funny. Uh, my recommend is uh, a show that I've watched for years, and I've been rewatching it with uh, my girlfriend because she has only seen probably about thirty percent of it, and they're about to do more on Netflix. And uh, I think I've recommended it before, but I'm going to go ahead and do it, and I'm totally secure in my masculinity in doing this. But hey, Gilmore Girls is a good show, and Luke Danes is all man, and uh, Roy Gilmore, my first love. So I'm going to recommend Gilmore Girls because I'm secure. Kent, nice. go ahead. Okay. I'm going to recommend a little movie. It is on Netflix. It stars Charlize Theron. It is called Eon Flux 2005. Wow. Um, 10% on Rotten Tomatoes, but it's pretty good. <laughs> Give it a chance. It'll win you over. I was going to say, wow, this is, this is going deep. No. What's your recommend? No. it's. Um, I think I used to own that on DVD, to be honest. I'm sure you did. You had every DVD ever from like 1995 to 2000. They were all like a dollar at Hastings. Shout out to Hastings for keeping me Big alive. Shout out I went to a uh, college in the middle of nowhere. It, I'm going to recommend a show, uh, Garfunkel Notes on Netflix. Oh, yeah. oh Just nice. went on there. It's kind of a woman's version of Flight of the Concords. Yeah, or yeah. Tenacious D or something. Yeah, like or Tenacious D, really funny. And 
creative. I like creative comedy and not just derivative stuff. So that's uh, why I enjoyed it. And uh, season one on Netflix. Free. I will Check tell you guys this for um, I've got another kind of sub weekly recommend. Do you mind, Kent? Sure. Let me let me pull this up here. I'm going to give I'm going to recommend a phone number. Oh, no. <laughs> it's not bad. It's uh, <laughs> I, don't I don't know where this is going. <laughs> I mean, it's one eight hundred. This is one nine hundred. No, no, it's seven one nine. Two six six two eight three seven. Once again, that's seven one nine two six six two eight three seven. And that is Colin Oates. And it's a hotline you can call anytime oh, yeah. you feel like you need Holland Oates in your life. I'm not kidding. This is hundred percent real. And you call and then you press a number and they play you a Holland Oates song at any point. <laughs> and it's fantastic. I call it all the time. Ken, have you called it before? Yeah, I have. That's Brian? Great. No, did not know that I, was a thing. Yeah, so after it's a, it's a Hall and Oates hotline, basically. Yeah, yeah, it's called Call and Oates. I'm not kidding. Call that number I just gave out, Brian. Are you writing it down? Okay, I'm writing it down. Seven one nine two six six two eight three seven, and it will give you like seven songs to choose from. You just hit a button on your phone, and it just plays you that song. If you're in a bad mood, you want to hear Hall and Oates done. <laughs> yeah, Call and Oates. That's funny. My wife and I, when we uh, came back up the uh, the aisle after we got married. It was a Hall and Oates song playing, uh, bringing us up the aisle. Cause your kiss, your kiss is no, on no. My list. What's the one? What's the one from? Uh, uh, She's a man eater. Yeah, that was no. the one. There it is. Yep. Really wanted to set us off on the right foot. <laughs> oh, here she comes. <laughs> She's a man eater. <laughs> It'd be cool if you had like an ex girlfriend named Sarah, and then they played Sarah Smile, and you just walked down the aisle, and stared down some ex girlfriend yeah. that was there. That'd be cool. Got him. <laughs> you don't remember the song? Uh, make my dreams come true. That one. Make my dreams come true. <laughs> they, don't they play that in in um Five Hundred Days of Summer? Oh, I thought it was Zoolander. Maybe. Maybe. Well. I don't know. I'm crazy. You know yeah, what? I've only seen Zoolander like twice in my whole life. Well, you're gonna have to see it again because the sequel is right. co- coming out. And it's yeah. in February. It's the worst time. That means we have to. The movie's gonna it. make so much money. Oh my gosh. It's got it's like broken every record for YouTube views and no, all that. I, I'm not arguing. I'm just saying that that's a bummer. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean it's a seriously. It'll make it. It's gonna. I mean, we'll be doing an episode. So Sting's a real get, hero of mine. Get stuck. Uh, the music. I don't really listen to it, but the fact that he makes it is really inspiring. <laughs> Best line in Zoolander. Yeah. But we'll be doing that. So look forward to Zoocast <laughs> coming this February. Oh, hey, yeah. uh, Kent, so yeah. let's just say I was looking for you online. Where would I find you? You'd find me on Twitter at Kent Garrison. And uh, where can I find you, Brian? You can find me on the Twitter at BGill12. You can find my writing at can't, nope, at madaboutmoviespodcast.com. Can't, nope. nope. <laughs> uh, Richard and I wrote a little piece on the end of the tour this week. We did a, back, a Bill Simmons-esque back and forth. And uh, put that up there. We're gonna do. We got some good feedback on that. So I think we're all three of us are gonna get that kind of thing going every once. Yeah. In a while. So, so for movies we can't podcast on, we'll just email about them and then review them. Is that cool with you guys, listeners? 
We'll take that as a yes. <laughs> yeah. You can find me on Twitter at Richard Barden or at richardbarden.com. You can find our podcast at madaboutmoviespodcast.com. Feel free to email the show at madaboutmoviespodcast at gmail.com or hit the contact button on our website. Uh, follow the show at MAM underscore podcast on Twitter or just search Mad About Movies podcast on Facebook. We look forward to hearing from you all. We love your feedback. Hop on the iTunes subscribe to our feed and maybe leave us five stars that would be very wonderful of you and uh we love all that leave leave reviews on itunes email us tweet us facebook us whatever we we try to always respond and uh it's it's one of our great pleasures in the world to interact with all of you so so that's that's all good and dandy and wonderful and uh that's about all right guys boom that's it goodbye hey baby i hear the blues are calling tossed salads and scrambled eggs and maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegged. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. They're making me ya-ya. Your salads and scrambled eggs.